0: I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are worthless. If you had one shot,
1: everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now fucking khakis.
0: Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. <laughs> in this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Sort of like what, what I was talking about yesterday with like the chronic sympathetic overdrive. Like the body is just constantly getting flooded with free radicals from a, an onslaught of toxins, uh, stress, elevated cortisol, radiation, a whole bunch yeah. of stuff. We have
1: like low grade inflammation chronically all the time. And then you have a slow response, so you, you you're not able to get the benefits, right? And so that's a whole dysregulation. And hydrogen gas is able to regulate both of those. Then one day, on each on different occasions, I thought, you know what? Forget it. I'm just gonna go all out. So like with the fasting, I just went five days without food. You know, I just dropped. I was like, ah, I'm not gonna. What eat was the anything. decision
0: that you made in your mind before before that?
1: Oh, I, I I really started getting into autophagy and understanding all these benefits and things. And and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on this. And I and now I understood it. I understood the science and I understood how to do it. And so I was like, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna go all this. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, They are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning They own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys wanna check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks, I'll spell it out, T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are gonna absolutely love it. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up and I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the biohacking secrets show first so what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching that's wwwb dot scom forward slash coaching c-o-a-c-h-i-n-g fill out the short application form and if you're pre-approved you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Tyler LeBaron, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks, brother. Oh, I'm pumped, man. So for the the people hanging out with us, give us a little recap. We're here at the Regenerative Medicine Conference. Share with us a bit about what your day has looked like so far in terms of your nutrition and your training.
1: Yeah. So let's say yesterday I ran 13 miles and then, um, I ate lunch and then that's all I ate. And then I was like, well, I gotta go running. So this morning I got up, but I only slept four hours last night. Actually, I actually only slept four hours the night before too, cause I've been busy and the emails and I'm, you know, traveling and you know, the Florida time change and everything. So I only slept like eight hours in the past two days. And then I got get up and like, well, I got to get my run in. And so I, I, I ran 15 miles and then, then I was like, Oh my gosh! I gotta get back and shower and get ready to go because I'm presenting. So I went, jumped on stage, presented, and then you know all the energy and everything you have to have. And then of course we, you and I went out to the gym and we goofed around over there. That was fun. Yeah. And uh, I just finished eating lunch, so now I'm ready to take a nap. So if I start dozing off, you'll know I'm just feeling <laughs> comfortable. Bit of that <laughs> yeah. Sleepy yeah. insulin yeah.
0: spike post lunch. Yeah. So basically, fasted for 24 hours. You have ran 28 miles in the past two days. Yeah. Yeah. You pre- presented at 10:30 on 10:30 a.m. on molecular hydrogen at the regenerative medicine conference so approaching that 24 hours fasted mark and then we went and filmed a video that you guys can check out where tyler's banging out one-arm pull-ups in his suit the guy's <laughs> just a beast he's got what uh, where's your deadlift at just for people to so
1: have. my so 420
0: or so yeah four, on the straight 420 bar. pound deadlift yeah. on the straight bar yeah How, do you know your hex bar that was 450 i think yeah 455 and then uh marathon times. Like what so
1: so I'm just getting back into the marathon, so I'm training it again. I haven't ran one since two thousand eleven. I'm I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so long ago. I've got I, I gotta do that again. So I ran in eleven and that was my third marathon I ran a two two hours and thirty minutes. What so does that break down to fi- so twenty six point two miles is a five forty five average mile pace. Five
0: forty-five <laughs> yeah, miles. I, was, I, was <laughs> yeah. I ran I ran like a, a five minute and change mile in my senior year of high school. We had to run two miles in under 12 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And like the first one was, I think it was like 518 and I remember the whole second mile I felt like I was going to simultaneously crap my pants and throw up.
1: That's the feeling.
0: That's the feeling. That's you did right. that for 26.2 no. miles. No, not the whole thing, but
1: that's, you got to have that feeling so you, you can, you know, I know what you're talking about, man.
0: Oh it, man. That's what it takes. I'm impressed. So basically yeah. you, you are a beast. You're putting up some amazing statistics and in this episode we're going to talk about some of your secrets um, you run the molecular hydrogen institute so you're you're the leading researcher in all things molecular hydrogen what what's available What's well, I don't know
1: that I'm the leading researcher. I'm a researcher trying to, you know, I'm doing the research. I'm getting involved. But probably really one of the only ones here in America. And it's so <laughs> new. Most of it's coming out of Asia. So I, cl- I collaborate with a lot of universities and institutions out there. And So Molecular Institute, we're, we're a nonprofit. We don't sell or recommend or do any product stuff. But we, or it's just a platform so that I can uh, help research and collaborate with other, other universities here in America and around the world. And, and get things going. Get the education, the awareness out about what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, I was, I was enjoying your presentation so much. I I would love to get a copy of those slides afterwards because the number of studies that you were including on the benefits we're seeing with molecular hydrogen was fascinating. And I plan on us diving into some of those on this this podcast. Um, For the average fifth grader who's listening in, explain what molecular hydrogen is. Yeah that's a good
1: place to start. So so first we talk about molecular hydrogen. We are talking about a gas, H2 gas. And so going back to your, your I guess high school chemistry, right? Hydrogen is the number one on the periodic table, right? So it's the first first element in existence and that's that's hydrogen. Now the hydrogen atom is very reactive and it combines rapidly with another hydrogen atom to form diatomic hydrogen, meaning 2 not like death. But,
0: so, it's a little bit yeah, less reactive.
1: Right, yeah, is that, is that, yeah. Well, yeah, it's basically essentially inert. When, mm-hmm. it, when it combines, because each atom has one electron, they combine, and then you fulfill the valence shell electron. I and mean, we don't need to go into that. But it makes <laughs> it so it's not reactive anymore, essentially. And now it's stable. And that's how we find hydrogen gas. And that's, you know, that, that is the, the upcoming you know, alternative energy source, right? That's three times more energy dense than gasoline. And it's just interesting because now we're finding it as like, part of alternative medicine, if you will, like just alternative you know, kind of play on that word but we are sin has a biological therapeutic effects
0: and if you had to categorize it is it more of an antioxidant is it more of an adaptogen how would you categorize uh, molecular hydrogen I tend to like the idea of more adaptogenic, a redox adaptogen. In
1: fact, I'm just publishing a paper in the Canadian Journal of and Physiology and Pharmacology. We talked yeah, just about that, the
0: redox adaptogenic You brought effect. that up and that caught my attention during your presentation. What is redox?
1: Yeah. So yes, yeah, good. yeah. So redox meaning oxidation and reduction, right? So in, in like just like a battery, you have a positive electrode and negative electrode, right? And you have to have both of them. That's what the electrons are going to go through type thing and make the light bulb go. So you have to have both of that. And you have to have have both. You can't just have just reduction, right? Or just oxidation. You have to have both. And so in a lot of ways, like your, your cells, your, your body, your organs, it's kind of, it operates like a battery. You have to have both oxidation and you have to have reduction and oxidation reduction, or it is called a redox, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it means. So You have to have this redox homeostasis. And so you, you can't have too much oxidative or, or else you have oxidative stress, right? You have too much going on and that oxidative stress, of course, like when you cut the apple in half and it turns brown, you start to see, you know, things that rust, that's all oxidation. And would right? that
0: be considered like a positive charge inflammation in the body? Like too many positive charges that aren't being neutralized or am I misspeaking? Uh, y-
1: yes and no, it's kind of some, some misnomers uh, m- Most things that are oxidative are not necessarily positively charged. Okay. So I know that's going to be kind of confusing because we get this idea in our diagram and Antioxidant electron now it's positive. It doesn't really work that way. Most free radicals are actually negatively charged, like okay. the superoxide anion radical has a negative charge. Many radicals are neutral, like nitric oxide and hydroxyl radical. Um, these are neutral. Hydrogen peroxide is an oxidant that's neutral. So it's not about that. but it's about the the how many electrons are are in the the shell, basically what it's going to you know if it's paired or not because every they want to be paired. So if it's just a single electron, it's going to be like really reactive. But right. it's paired it's like we talk about hydrogen. When hydrogen pairs another Hydrogen it makes it stable, and so when you have yet too many like when we breathe oxygen, um, sometimes that oxygen can uh, um, be made to be unstable. For example, if it accepts an extra electron, then it becomes this this radical, superoxide anion radical. And what makes that happen? So when we, the reason, okay, so actually if we go through metabolism, maybe this will kind of help. We kind of break down. What happens when you eat your food from the very beginning? When you eat your food, what happens? So you put the food into the mouth and then it gets digested, broken down to your simple, you know, carbohydrates and your protein, your amino acids, right? It goes into the bloodstream and then let's say your your carbohydrates, um, that's going to be broken down to glucose and that's going to go into the cell and it's going to go through a process called glycolysis, right? And that's, that breaks it down to really small molecules and you get a little bit of ATP. The adenosine triphosphate, your energy, right? You, you only get about two molecules of ATP when you do go through glycolysis, and then you form this molecule called pyruvate. And when there's no oxygen there, then pyruvate gets metabolized to lactate, or we get lactic acid. That's that whole side, right? Mm-hmm. But when oxygen like is like the present, lactic
0: acid burn when you're working out, you're not getting enough oxygen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just a correlation,
1: because there's no such thing as lactic acid and it doesn't cause burn. We'll talk about that <laughs> next maybe. Yes. But. Um, So, so when the pyruvate, when when oxygen is there, it can be shuttled into the mitochondria through the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex, and and we'll try to keep things really quick. But when it goes through into the mitochondria, um, which make our energy, which make our energy, right? It's going to continue to get broken down, and and so you have a carb. uh, Glucose is is six carbons, right? Or sorry, C six H twelve O six six carbons, 12 hydrogens, and uh, six oxygens, right? And when it's broken down, it's broken down to CO2, and that's why you excel out. So everything you excel out, you're excelling out the CO2 from your food. And so when it goes to the glycolysis and the mitochondria, you're basically breaking down to just CO2, which is a fully oxidized molecule. And when it does that, the electrons that were on that glucose molecule get transported or transferred onto like NADH and NADPH and different molecules, and then it goes to what's called electron, on transport chain and oxygen is at the very end. That's on complex four and it's very oxidizing. And so it takes the food from over here, the electrons, and tries to take the electrons from the food and drives all these metabolic across all the enzymes, all the enzymatic steps, the electron transport chain, and just brings the electron to here, and then to here, and then to here, and then to here. And every time it does that, it makes a molecule of ATP. But oxygen is driving the entire thing. And finally, when when the electrons with some hydrogen ions, protons, when they meet up with the oxygen, you form water. So we make water, it's called metabolic water. We make water in our mitochondria, right? And a so that's why camels can actually survive a lot longer because
0: they make a lot of water when they store because they store so much fat in their humps. This um, is fascinating. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correct, yeah. and I'm sure I'll be corrected many times in our conversation, but I like that. <laughs> when we eat food, a lot of people mistakenly believe that we're, you know, we're processing some of it and then we're releasing it as urine and, and feces. What you're saying is yes, that's happening, but most of it is actually being released as waste through CO2. the air we exhale CO2 right, yes, in the CO2. form of CO2.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. right, yeah. So and and everything is working fine, then the transfer of electrons is is in perfect cadence with the consumption of oxygen. Oxygen comes, it comes right through the complex four, and then it combines and then you form water and then there you go. That makes but, sense. But when you start to exercise or maybe you have you know some compromised mitochondria or you just you know you're in bad health or maybe some pesticides and toxins, toxins, whatever and it right. is, all these things can perturb that process. And now maybe oxygen is going to come over here, over earlier, like a complex one or a different complex or something, and it's going to take that electron earlier. Well, if it does that, it can't form water because it's too early in the complex. Instead, that oxygen is going to accept one electron,
0: a single electron reduction, to form a superoxide anion radical now that superoxide so pause one second yes. just in this scenario that you're describing you're saying if the individual is if their mitochondria are not functioning properly that that whole electron transport chain will not behave the same way it will in someone who is healthy and in that process they will make less energy they'll almost go into like survival That's right. yeah less they'll energy. make less energy and it sounds like potentially become dehydrated at the cellular level because their body is not making as much H2O as it would if their electron transport chain and energy production process was functioning normally.
1: That is an interesting. I'd have to think about the whole dehydration process because you are making metabolic matrix water in there.
0: It's part of the reason that I look at the mm-hmm. Bundy-Creatinine ratio. We're trying to figure out where is cellular hydration, and it's often that Bundy-Creatinine ratio is often quite high in individuals who are whose mitochondria whose are energy production. Yeah. Um, no, the Bundy-Creatinine ratio oh, is, oh, oh, is yeah, high yeah, if yeah, yeah, their yeah. mitochondria aren't working properly, right, showing right. cellular dehydration. Like there's there's a connection there, and we have this idea. Also, that like our hydration just comes from what we put in our mouth. And you're saying, no, our hydration is also dependent on how well our mitochondria work.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of those factors and that 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 all adds up. We we do lose a lot of water through our exhalation, As well, right? right? And yeah. and and so part
0: of why we're dehydrated in the morning, yeah. provided you're not sweating all night. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so
1: all that comes into play, but you're right. When you have the compromised, you know, mitochondria, any of that process or even the food that you're eating when it's not, you know, good, you're going to produce more of these free radicals. And and that but it's interesting because you so know,
0: the more you eat, the more you work out, the more free radicals you, you're making. Yeah, just by definition, because
1: right. as you eat more food, you're going to have to breathe more oxygen to consume that. As you exercise, you breathe more oxygen. So just by the sheer default, as you increase, you're going to be making more free radicals. So that's so exercise by definition drastically increases free radical production just because you're producing more oxygen more.
0: And especially if you're exercising at a level like you are, where you're running 13 miles yesterday, 15 miles today, you've got a 400 plus. 450 pound plus deadlift if we're using the hex bar you're banging out one-arm pull-ups to activate those type 2b muscle fibers you how where does molecular hydrogen fit into this um, and how do you address that increased free radical production and protect your body
1: well okay so so if we go back because to, to your original question is hydrogen gas more of this adaptogen or this antioxidant right yeah and so 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 as we understand that free radicals can be produced in the mitochondria like that when it gets compromised but at the same time we have to remember that the production of free radicals always occurs and it's and it's regulated and it's very important because like I said like the whole battery and it's not idea, a bad thing it's not a bad thing we have to have it right those free radicals is how we communicate from you know, do cell communication. It's a redox uh, signal transduction, right? Yeah. It's really important. And I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that a few times, and I won't know. <laughs> I'm not that, but yes, I got you. I love it. No,
1: but so 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 then, what happens then is is these free radicals are produced in a very small amount, and they're utilized immediately because then they oxidize as a sulfur, pro, you know, whatever they do, and then they immediately. What does it do with sulfur? Uh, I'm, 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 so, for example, like uh, like if if you have a a, a residue like, a, and I'm curious. A Because so
0: many people who have uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, poorly functioning mitochondria, their energy production process has been compromised for any number of reasons. They're often deficient in sulfur and glutathione. Yeah, because, B vitamins is in a bunch of stuff too, but that was why and I, and that, I honed and in on because
1: sulfur. the model the mitochondrial electron transport chain that has a whole bunch of like iron sulfur clusters and those iron sulfur clusters are the whole important step of carrying the transferring the electrons into the risque iron protein cluster like all this stuff sulfur is a critical in all that so your amino acids methionine and, the thionine and the cysteine are what you carry what carries that sulfur and then and you make glutathione from that and so you have a, a you, you form a disulfide bond and that's a very reducing um, you know. Um, bond, basically, so it can uh, donate the electrons and to scavenge radicals and things. And so what can happen is when you produce some free radicals, it can oxidize something. As you oxidize the bond, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. And now it's going to be active. And so when it's active like that, that can activate transcription factors. So transcription factor is something that can uh, bind to the to the DNA and then cause the transcription or production of various proteins and other beneficial things or negative things so that's how free radicals work and so in a healthy individual you, you you make water here you make a little bit of free radicals here and those free radicals do the little thing they oxidize these things you get good benefits you you you're able to live and function as soon as they as soon as they oxidize whatever they can oxidize you're going to have like superoxide uh, dismutase or and and they'll convert superoxide radicals to hydrogen peroxide you have catalase glutathione peroxide. All these to quickly get rid of the, the oxidants, so they maintain at a certain concentration and a certain location. Now, when you're the, when you're in the compromised position, what would
0: you say is like the reason that it's so important for us to maintain that balance of like of of redox?
1: Yeah, because in the body. as soon as soon as you start producing too many free radicals, as soon as you start. Increasing that production of the superoxide too high. So now your body can't clear. it. you you've already oxidized a whole bunch of glutathione Right, you've right. All oxidized all these things and you're just shooting out high levels of superoxide that superoxide uh, Starts to oxidize other important things. It can also go through what's called the uh, Haber ways reaction the Fenton reaction what, Which what was that?
0: which the Fenton reaction?
1: Yeah, so basically it like iron That's somehow available because superoxide can damage the, the iron sulfur clusters It can release iron out and then you're gonna have superoxide can reduce iron Iron, iron three to iron two. Iron iron two will then react, and and, and then it, it reacts like hydrogen peroxide, for example, and you form. Hydroxyl radicals. Now that's when you're in serious problems. Right. The hydroxyl radicals. And this is part of what's happening with yes, in the mitochondria in the right. body, and you can form hydroxyl radicals like radiation, ionized radiation, different things. We right. will talk about that. But but there's these hydroxyl radicals are so toxic because they are they react so fast. They react with pretty much anything indiscriminately and just immediately. And so they damage your you know DNA, your RNA, your proteins, your cell membranes. They induce radical propagation, which means it's going to oxidize a the lipid. Then now that lipid's oxidized, it'll oxidize another and another and another and just so on. And, and it's like just, a domino. Effect. It's just death. Yes, exactly. So that's what we have to regulate the superoxide production. It can't be too high. We need to have it in a certain level. And if it gets out of whack, it's going to cause all those issues. Okay. Now, when you exercise, you do produce more free radicals. So you right. are oxidizing more. But what happens is your exercise only lasts for a couple hours or something. You know, well, depends <laughs> on how far you run
0: or what you're doing. Everyone's right? like a couple of hours. <laughs> well, I'm saying, you know, like a yeah, marathon, yeah. right? Yeah, if you're running um, 15 to 26.2 yeah. miles.
1: Yeah, sure. Exactly, right? So, so what? Happens then you, you get this transient spike in in, in these free radicals. Your body is like, oh my goodness, this is not good. This is too much, and so it activates it. That oxidizes these, these sulfur bonds, if you will, and then it activates what's called the Nrf2 uh, pathway, it's a transcription factor. Nrf2 comes and it binds to the a to the ARE, antioxidant response element, or the electrophile. Anyways, it, but but it binds there to the DNA, and then you start this production of your cytoprotective proteins and enzymes. Over 200 uh, proteins and things are regulated by the Nrf2s detoxification. Antioxidation and all these beneficial things. So by exercising, you get the transient increase in ROS production, but then you're done exercising. ROS being so
0: reactive oxygen yes, species. Yeah,
1: Sorry. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, and then so you get the transient increase. Now you're done exercising, and and then you get this increase in the NRF two activation. Now you have higher levels of glutathione. So athletes are going to be way better at. at uh, basically being protected against oxidative damage because they have higher levels of antioxidant enzymes and and, and proteins because compared to
0: the sedentary counterparts. They have many more workouts yeah, it's- that have created that adaptive response, exactly. right? spike-free radicals, then and the then body adapts right. and then neutralizes it, and it gets better and better at doing that. Right. Probably ramps up endogenous from inside the body, glutathione production, which is like our master yeah, factor so it's like, this person needs exactly, more because yeah. they're training six days a week. NRF2
1: act increases glutathione and superoxide right. uh, 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 dismutase. So, so now what would be the consequences then if the athlete ran not just for an hour, two hours a day, but ran, uh, say, 24 hours a day? It'd right. It would just no time to Total adapt, right? constant exactly, total yeah. constant increase in Ross production. Right. Well, that's what a disease is. It's just, just uh, many diseases are just consistent, constant, you know, onslaught of this raw. So yeah, you're getting that, trying to increase the glutathione, but you're just oxidizing. And the body just can't keep it up. It just can't keep up, right? But but that's what exercise, you get the transient spike and it goes back down, but right. you do get the the regulation Sort of, of like what,
0: what I was talking about yesterday with like the chronic sympathetic overdrive. Like the body is just constantly getting flooded with free radicals from a, an onslaught of toxins, uh, stress, elevated cortisol, radiation, a whole bunch yeah. of stuff.
1: Yeah, and yeah, when it's chronic like that, that's always going to be a problem. Yeah. That's okay. always going to be a
0: problem. And then so how do we deal with it? Yes, exactly. So now <laughs> so
1: now we have that as a backdrop, right? yeah So now we look at molecular hydrogen. So again, as we says that hydrogen is just just very it's a, it's a very small molecule. This is really important to consider because when we talk about cellular bioavailability, what dictates you know, its benefits is first it's got to get into the cell. And so number one, the size, the smaller Can't it is. Can't fit a St.
0: Bernard through the cat door.
1: Uh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So, sm- <laughs> and, and, so and, and, and hydrogen and hydrogen is the smallest molecule in the universe. Right. Okay. It's smaller than oxygen. So it's got that taken care of. It's, it's also neutral. So it doesn't have to go through, you know, any ion channel or something like that. It's also non-polar, um, Non-toxic. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, of course it's non toxic, exactly. But but all these these physical chemical properties of molecular hydrogen allow it to easily diffuse quickly. Into the uh, into the subcellular compartments of say the mitochondria, the nucleus, and everything where all these free radicals are being produced at, and now that's where the magic happens.
0: Yeah. Tells, what does it
1: actually do once it enters the mitochondria? What it, once it enters into say the endoplasmic reticulum and the nucleus?
0: Yes. And so you were talking a little bit about that in, in your presentation. And I want to dive into what's happening in the in the endoplasmic reticulum uh, blah, 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 in the ER. We'll call it the ER. Yeah. But um, just to comparison and tell me if this is if this is accurate. Let's say my fist in terms of relative size uh represents like coenzyme q10 okay and therefore because of its relative size some of its difficulty in getting to the intracellular space molecular hydrogen would be like the tip of my thumb and and in part because of that decreased size it's more it's better able to get in and protect the mitochondria from that free radical onslaught that you were describing earlier
1: right right yeah i'm not showing sure the relative. i'm making size. stuff up yeah no no that, that that's right <laughs> i mean let's say if we look at the diameter so q10 has one two trying to just Visualize. I mean, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Close enough. But right? like vitamin C, for example, is 176 grams per mole. That's the weight. 176 okay. grams per mole versus hydrogen gas is only two grams per mole. Ah. Right. So it's it's just a lot smaller.
0: Yeah. Right. It weighs so little. It's like trying to take a jar, an empty jar, and fill it with big stones. You're gonna have a ton of space left over versus like sand. If you're able to fill the jar. Yeah. It just. It just. If, per- if, a fill, if a fill, a full jar represented proper free radical pro- proper re- redux potential in the body. Well. L- so that, that,
1: but that's a good point because it took like a coQ10 or vitamin C or different things. Well, if you're getting all these free radicals that are occurring like within the mitochondria and that and that uh, inner mem- inner mitochondrial membrane, well first off, very little things can cross that inner mem- the inner mitochondrial membrane. There's only like there's very few things that can actually do it. Um there's like five things that are like the main things that can. Everything else is like essentially impermeable because that's where the proton gradient. What goes can from. cross
0: the mitochondrial membrane? I have to. Well,
1: ask. You, well, usually like like malate for example. There's an actual shuttle that goes through there, right? Small okay. small uh, molecules like oxygen gas because that's how we can use it. Hydrogen gas can do that. So all those right. types of things can do it. But most other things are have to be transported in there. Um, because it's just, and if it's not, if it's not transported in there, essentially it's not going to get through unless it's a small, like hydrogen or oxygen. Right. So it's, it's a very impermeable. So you're trying to get like vitamin C there or other things. It's very difficult. So like Q10, well, that, that, that actually goes to a different mechanism to be able to get their transporter systems. Are synthesized, you know, there's a whole it's a bunch lot
0: of work and in intermediary steps that also require a biologically healthy individual. Like to, everything's to able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Able to
1: happen. Well, hydrogen gas. And and,
0: and we're going to take all of this and and apply it in uh, a practical way for you guys, for your workouts, just for overall health, avoiding chronic disease. So, um, we just want to give this foundation to them of like the science so that they understand why they're doing what they may want to do. Right.
1: No, absolutely. Well, and it goes to your question too, about the whole idea of this, um, the the redox adaptogen thing, um, because hydrogen gas can get in there and, and where it's going to work. It's, it's magic, if you will. Well, it's, it's classes so, so if it's too much oxidative stress going on that's going to reduce that it's going to help decrease that amount of oxidative stress and so in that case it it would act as an antioxidant right now an antioxidant by definition there's two definitions the chemical definition which is simply an electron donor it's a terrible definition because that's not how the body really works a better definition is simply there's an antioxidant is something that um, improves the redox status of the cell so okay. by that definition exercise is, is an antioxidant you know mm-hmm. many things can be an antioxidant in that case and hydrogen gas that's how it works it's simply improves the redox status of the cell, whether that's to increase oxi- oxidative processes or whether to decrease oxidative processes. And that's why I'm saying
0: adaptogenic. That makes sense. And I mean, we're starting to realize that, let's, let's take the classic example of vitamin C, one of the, the first molecules that people referred to as an antioxidant. We're not realizing that that is actually a pro-oxidant. And its antioxidant benefits come from what happens later, the right. signaling pathways that are turned on from it, correct?
1: Yeah, most things are actually that way. Most things that are good for you are, are good for you probably because they're slightly toxic. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all your, your foods that you eat, the polyphenols and these types of things, that they're slightly toxic. And so they actually are, are turned into pro-oxidants and they activate the various transcription factors. They're not simply passing, passing scavengers, but... Are, are intimately involved in the redox sensitive pathways, and this
0: is this is a fascinating um, mini tangent. We won't go too far. Don't don't worry, but with the popularity of like Dr. Stephen Gundry's plant paradox, where he's now pointing out all of these toxins in plants. Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. When you look at that in the context Mm -hmm. of what these toxins are actually doing, of course the dose makes the poison, but in tiny amounts, we're seeing most of the things that signal beneficial adaptations in the body are toxic.
1: And, And that process is called hormesis. Right. Hormesis, and it's, so it's a, it's a hermetic effect. Exercise is a hormetic effect. And I, my paper talks about um, all of this. So that, that is what we're seeing more and more. The body operates on that. And so this is interesting because you talk about homeostasis. Talk about the thing that's going to kill you the fastest, when you, which is, which, which is, you know, sitting on your couch, keeping it at exactly you know, 25 degrees Celsius or 100 yeah. degrees, right? Yeah, comfortable, just sitting there and enjoying, right? Yeah. You, you will get atrophy. You, fat you know, all
0: the fat and happy. You know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's just
1: like it's amazing that that's what happens, but it's the stress of the body. You know, the stress of the body, the hormetic effects that it's going to make us longevity and live longer and be healthier and stronger and so on.
0: I love it. And so before we move on to some of your training and some of the ways that you break through plateaus in both your running and your lifting how do you use molecular hydrogen? Well, we didn't, let me, let me just say a, a comment about
1: hydrogen gas, a couple of the benefits, because we didn't quite say, so hydrogen gas is able to activate, this is really cool, it's yeah. able to actually activate the Nrf2 pathway, that's one of the things it can do, we've seen this pharmacologically blocking Nrf2 pathway, um, MRI, I, I, so So NRF, Nrf2,
0: explain what that pathway does. Yeah, again, body. so
1: that, the Nrf2, that, that is uh, a transcription factor that when it gets activated, it goes goes in, down into the nucleus and binds to the DNA, and when it binds to the the DNA it induces the, tra- the transcription, the production, making your proteins, and yeah, of, sure of glutathione, proteins. right? Okay. Glutathione, okay. all your antioxidant enzymes, your detoxification enzymes. NRF two is a master regulator of phase two enzymes, okay, and that that's your antioxidation and detoxification enzymes. nr NRF two is the king when okay. it comes to all that, and and you and you want to have this, and you want to you don't want to have it constitutively activated either. Meaning you don't want to just chronically stimulate it, like we talked about. Anything chronic, whether it's a disease or something good for you, is bad. You just you can't have that. If it's, it's, if it's all the time, you're not getting the benefits. So an
0: example of chronic NRF2 activation might be someone who's mega dosing curcumin and green tea polyphenols and those types of things. And they're just taking them all the time indiscriminately. They're not cycling off. Yeah. For a long time. Right. right. It's, then, then
1: you get to the same idea of I'm going to go run 24 to, for 24 hours a day.
0: And this is also part of the reason that you recommend pulsing molecular hydrogen if you're using it.
1: Right. Yeah. Some of the research that we have is when there's a continuous administration, the benefits are essentially eliminated. So yeah, like, we, when we put like the animals in the cages and expose them to hydrogen gas, we actually see really good benefits, and then they start to go away and diminish, and then they're t- totally gone.
0: So it's, it activates the NRF2 pathway. What else does molecular hydrogen do?
1: So it actually activates, there's well over 200 different biomolecules that it activates. Lots of transcription factors like N-fat signaling, which is really big, into the inflammation, that's a, really, that's a really big key. Which, which one was it? Uh, N-fat, N-fat signaling, okay. yeah. And, um, this and then of course NFKb um, which is another transcription factor activated by TNF alpha and there's a whole process loop with free, free reactive oxygen species and um, inflammation and they you know inter- interconnect and produce the other and, and so on so hydrogen and gas able to modulate uh, regulate both of these processes because just as we need uh, free free radicals we also need inflammation right and this is a critical thing to, that we need to consider inflammation is like so important those pro-inflammatory Cytokines interleukin six, interleukin ten. Well, actually, interleukin ten is anti-inflammatory. But, but all these uh, cytokines are extremely important. And if we don't, if we don't have a good uh, inflammatory response, we're not going to heal. We're going to not going to recover very fast. We're not going to get stronger and better. We're, we're going to be sick. We're going to get you know, all these things. So that's the problem with aging. Aging. Just as aging causes redox dysregulation where you have you know, too much oxidative and, and, and not enough oxidative you know, power and potential going on at the same time, the same thing happens with aging. So when you get older, you have this chronic pain, chronic back pain, your knees hurt, arthritis, all these things, but you also get sick really easily. So you have a bad immune system, you don't heal very well, so you have like low-grade inflammation chronically all the time. And then you have a slow response, so you, you you're not able to get the benefits, right? And so that's a whole dysregulation. And hydrogen gas is able to regulate both of those. And and it's interesting, like even your 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 athletes, we're looking at uh, like when you when you exercise, you you produce your muscles can produce these myokines um, that 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 are like the inflammatory markers and mediators. And when you blunt that, when you block that effect by say ibuprofen or you know other NSAIDs or um, you know, even uh, the, the, anyways, you, can, you can essentially blunt the benefits of exercise training. J- just like you can blunt the benefits of exercise training if you take high levels of antioxidants, exogenous antioxidants, high levels can blunt the benefits of exercise training or well, high levels of these um, anti-inflammatories can also blunt the benefits of exercise training. And very interesting. And, when you, and, and, and potentially there's one article uh, on using arachidonic acid you know, an omega-6 fatty acid which right. are like oh no, stay away from omega-6, it's just down omega-3s well this study actually they supplemented with omega-6 fatty acids and that's going to produce more of the eicosanoids the that are pro-inflammatory. And they got good benefits, stronger. They, they were able to actually improve and get better because they had more of that inflammation going on.
0: This episode is also brought to you by Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut dysfunction dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote-unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Optimizer's Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to optimizers.com. Forward slash biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to check out the exclusive biohacking secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. There are products, supplements for hypertrophy, building muscle that the main ingredient is ar- ar- arachidonic acid or I'm mispronouncing, yeah, it, but yeah. no, that, that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'd even tried it probably 15, 20 years ago. I was yeah. curious. Like when I was, I, I didn't really start putting on muscle until like my junior, senior year of high school. And I was like, I, that's when I started creatine and some of the I things, see, which I'd like to talk about mm-hmm. your creatine mm-hmm. protocol too. But I remember, uh, experimenting with a supplement where, uh, arachidonic acid was like the, the main ingredient. And within a week I was like, so I, I was getting bigger. Yeah. I got bigger, faster, but I was also very inflamed. Yeah. I was like, I was losing right. flexibility, mobility, and playing soccer at the time, so that was concerning. I had to get off of it. You know, I just wrote a right. company and was like, "Hey, I can tell it works, but my body hurts." And they're like, "Ah, send it back. We'll take care of you." But there are supplements, and it does yeah, work that's for right. some people. And
1: you can, and you, but and if you do it right, you know, we're talking about like fasting and intermittent fasting, and the whole autophagy things and cycling, all of this that allows you to optimize and really biohack the body. And and hydrogen gas is one of them because it helps to regulate the entire process of the free radicals, antioxidant balance, as well as the inflammatory response.
0: That's so cool. How do you apply? So there's several ways, yeah,
1: so, several ways, yeah. Several ways that it can be done. Um, you personally? Well, I'm, I'm I, I do several things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't divulge all my secrets. No, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I I do I. I often just, water is the easiest, So I, and that, and, that, and that you have different effects. So I often just have um, water that contains the hydrogen gas. You drop the tablets in? That's one of the, yeah. Tablets are really easy. You can just drop a tablet in. Or you um, have a machine. I, I have makes... several machines. that You, you, you can <laughs> even just have a tank of hydrogen gas, and you can infuse pure hydrogen gas in there. Oh. So you want to make sure the hydrogen gas is pure. So even some of the machines out there, well, you have to be cautious because there could be maybe some, you know, maybe if the if the electrodes aren't totally clean um, you even drinking that water all of these things you need to consider because um, it could be it could be harmful right, right. so you sure. have to look at look at look at all of that um, and then and then of course just inhalation of the hydrogen gas which is another excellent way um, right. to, to administer hydrogen because it goes right into the bloodstream and you're able to get that now the next question of course is well then which one's better you know which one you know well we, we, we really don't know um, it almost seems that in some cases for uh, these acute Acute diseases um, and, and people who are just really bad, inhalation, maybe it's a better way just because it's, it's going to be really fast, it's, gonna, it's going to get into the actual cells faster. Whereas the hydrogen drinking, hydrogen water, the clinical studies, uh, they, they, it's, it's going to start to change uh, gene expression, right? And because, like, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about how, how um, we are, are, what our genes are, right? But but that's not really accurate. It's really the expression of our genes, right? The epigenetic, the epigenetic, and all this kind of stuff. And hydrogen gas, because it can help regulate gene expression. That's going to benefit us in giving those favorable expressions of our
0: genes that we want for optimal health and longevity. That's pretty cool. So, um, have you taken molecular hydrogen today? While you're traveling, is yeah. probably. Yeah, but different. I did. Yeah, oh, you but, did. But I okay. did. Yeah, I, t-
1: I took some of the, the hydrogen water. I just I actually just used some of the tablets they had at the conference. I just threw them in there. Like, well, okay. this will be good. Get me. some. Did you do it before your run today? I did also before my run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many
0: tablets do you do you typically do?
1: Um. Well, you know, I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I for, I forget. So I don't have a problem. You know what I mean. So yeah. I, I don't really notice a whole lot of effects. Um. Some you don't see do, differences in your times. Well, if I'm tr- if I'm competing or something like this, or if I'm like just pushing it, you know. Know, then I do notice that I'll have a faster recovery time. But if I'm just okay. going to go for an easy 15 mile run or something, you know, and
0: I'm just so it depends how close you are to your yeah. threshold where you are, your body's not able to recover.
1: Yeah. When
0: I, when I, the further I'm away from
1: homeostasis, the further I am from homeostasis. So if I'm majorly sleep deprived, which I have been, um, and and yeah, I, why are
0: you not sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: were done quite early yesterday. Like, ah! yeah. uh, too, too many things to do. Like oh, I got to get this article done, um, but yeah the further you are from homeostasis, the more effect it seems that hygiene gas has and I think that anecdotally of course i 'm not an anecdotal person, but just trying to look at things so maybe I have some empirical way of looking at what's going on. Um, people who have you know more more serious issues and they're further away from from homeostasis, they tend to notice the hygiene um, to a much greater extent and a lot faster yeah. than people who are just healthy. So if you're just totally healthy and you just take the hydrogen and you don't really do anything extreme, you probably, you may not notice a whole lot. But if you if you take like the dose of hydrogen and then you like push yourself in a workout, you might find like dude, I used to do like, you know, four sets of 10 of 25 pulls, but now I can do like five or six sets or something. Like yeah. you just, uh,
0: the single, the bouts
1: of exercise, you get more faster recovery. And the next day you're like, I'm not so sore. Like I'm ready
0: to kind of go again. Yeah. To echo what you're saying, I've, I've observed the same, the, observed the same things like, uh, Keith Baxter, who got, um, him and his wife were accepted into the, the Trucy case study, which I know you're not affiliated with, with any companies. I'm just telling a story. He, um, His wife trains for triathlons. And within a week of her drinking the molecular hydrogen water, she was seeing improvements in her run, swim, and cycle cycling time with no changes to diet or yeah. training regimen. Like just doing the same workouts right, that right. she was doing to prepare, they were getting easier. There was uh, increased time to fatigue, just by drinking the water. Right. fatigue just by drinking the water, which is cool because you have to drink the water anyway to stay to stay hydrated. And um, Kyle, who he filmed a bunch of videos with us, he came to Biohacking Week. He's a buddy of ours. Um, he's had some some Lyme disease and other chronic things going on, and he breathed the uh, the Vital Reactions machine, the seven. Machine at my place when we were in between shooting, and he's like he looks at me after about forty minutes and he goes, "What's in this?" Is that right? He's like, "I feel fantastic." He's like, <laughs> "I'm like euphoric," right? Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting, and it is reflecting and confirming mm-hmm. some of your some of your theories. And
1: some people seem to be more sensitive than hydrogen. Some people take it, and they're like they feel literally within thirty seconds, it like hits the brain, they're just like. Just, they just, they, I mean, they just noticed something, you know, and I, it's, it's really quite interesting, but yeah, it's great for the athletes. And we see like, in one of the first studies has done on elite soccer players, which is cool. So, yeah. so elite, it is hard to improve performance in elite athletes. They, we got to understand that. Like you got
0: to, you got to fight for like that, one or 2%. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's really difficult. So a lot yeah. of the supplements are on the market, when they look at the studies, they just used healthy, active subjects. But and when they test those same supplements in elite athletes, no performance benefit. That that mm. happens over and over again. They're already like you know so primed to the top. Yeah. Well, in this study, uh, they they looked at you know exercise fatigue and lactate production. And they found that the administration of uh, just drinking hydrogen water, is what they did in this study, um, helped to Im- improve the endurance so they didn't get fatigued as quickly, as well as they uh, decreased the amount of, of lactate being produced. They had lower lactate levels, which would which, which suggest, because remember, if you go through that path that we talked about earlier, you can, you can rewind and study, you'll have the quiz after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but when there's no oxygen available, right, because you're, you're pushing yourself too high, your energy requirements are too high, and the oxygen's not ready, you start to produce that lactate. The well, in this case, it almost because the lactate levels are lower. Well, that could be because hydrogen gas has all these beneficial effects in the mitochondria, right? Prevents the oxidative stress, which will compromise the mitochondria, improves mitochondrial efficiency. So now the mitochondria can work better. So you can utilize that oxygen better. By utilizing the oxygen better, you don't have to go anaerobic. You can maintain aer- maintain aerobic uh, exercise. That way, you're not going to produce the lactate. And so we see these effects in the mitochondria, increasing ATP production and things.
0: That's so cool. What what are you most excited about for the future of molecular hydrogen.
1: Uh, a, a couple areas. Uh, one one of them, we're seeing some pretty powerful results when it comes to like dementia and neurological diseases and Alzheimer's, and, and simply just drinking hydrogen water or inhalation, which is seems to really. We've got my dad drinking
0: it, and I want to get him on the tablets too.
1: Yeah, yeah, get in. And inhalation uh, could be a really great way to go. with Just another study that came out. It was a really small study. But they use a nuclear magnetic tensor um, um, imaging, uh, basically, to look at the, ner- the strength of the neuronal bundle um, with hydrogen um, inhalation. And you can actually see the changes that are taking place. And it's, it's just, it's a small study, but it was really powerful that improvements, actual improvements, not just the slowing the decline, but actual improvements of these people. With, we'll,
0: we'll include some dementia. of these in the show notes. So people that Perfect. really yeah. want to yeah. nerd out, the people that have made it this far in this episode are certainly <laughs> high level or just nerd out on this stuff right. and are, yeah. are learning like crazy. But um, we'll include those studies so that if you want to dig deeper, you guys can check those out.
1: Yeah. So uh, we look at the neurological aspects. That's one big thing, because again, every, this is safe. Everybody can just can 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 do it because at the worst, it's not going to do anything for you. You're right. Yeah. But, and and at best. That's it, the it, definition
0: it, of asymmetric risk, the, low
1: downside, very high. Upside. And that's really why I'm so passionate about it. It's not because we have, you know, thousands of clinical trials proving this works as a panacea for all. We really don't know. We, we don't. There's only a 60 something clinical study, a little more than that, probably you know, a bunch underway and uh, just over a thousand scientific publications. So it's really kind of green science right now. But the risk to benefit ratio is is so amazing that I say, like, yeah, let Let's study this, and let's get the word out, and let's try it, let's see if it works. And the promising results from going from pre-clin- preclinical to clinical studies is, is just really, really great. So when we're talking about you know disease states, we're talking about prevention for just overall health and longevity, well-being, that kind of stuff, and then exercise performance. Those are like the three areas that um, I'm most excited about, molecular hydrogen.
0: Yeah, me too, and, and that's that's part of the excitement that I have for the Trucy case study, because the requirements are monitoring certain biomarkers and checking in over time, so you're taking like Prior to any administration of molecular hydrogen, and then you're tracking yourself over time in a number of different areas essentially to make it like. A grassroots clinical trial. Now, it's not as regimented, or and there's that. not as much oversight, but it's still able to contribute to some of the anecdotal benefits of molecular. Well,
1: that, that's often how things start when there's when there becomes so many anecdotal testimonials, and we try to like do case reports and try to analyze things and do the best we can, you know, post hoc and and try to see how much of that placebo and so on. But it gives an idea. So all of a sudden, we start seeing man, like everybody who has say arthritis or everybody who has, you know, this this condition, Lyme issues or whatever, chronic fatigue or, you know, or, or, or for exercise, we just start to see just this kind of bell or like these people seem to benefit more. Then, then as researchers, we can look at that and like, okay, Let's, let's do a real clinical study and see if we can really demonstrate that phenomenon is a great. Right. Can we replicate w- it? Yeah, can we, can we truly replicate that phenomenon, or was that just a product of, mm-hmm. right? Now we can do a double blinded placebo control, preferably rando- uh, cross crossover design that's been randomized and everything. Then we can demonstrate it. And then after that, then, then, uh, well, nothing's going to be after that, but then of course, trying to understand the actual mechanism, like the primary targets of hydrogen gas. It goes in there, and it, it, it activates this. Re- this, this portion or from protein or whatever, and then we can start seeing the, the effects after that. That's that's how science progresses, and that, that's what we're we're trying to do right now.
0: I love it, I love it. And so like in these last couple minutes here, as we, as we bring things in, there's a lot of people that are also tuning in to hear how you break through plateaus. So those of you guys that are interested in molecular hydrogen, um, we'll link to Tyler's Molecular Hydrogen Institute. We'll perhaps link to his presentation if he's generous enough to share from, that he just did at the Regenerative Medicine Conference, which was fantastic, and um, we'll put in anything else we've mentioned, um, trucey wise or otherwise in there that's relevant, but you were sharing some fascinating stories about how you've been breaking through plateaus recently and you're running and you're lifting. So let's use the last, um, what we'll call it three minutes to give the listeners a little bit of a sneak peek and perhaps some suggestions that they may or may not want to apply for themselves. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of dangerous, Uh but uh, (laughs) yeah, so don't try this at home. (laughs) (laughs) This is not intended to be medical advice. Please consult your physician (laughs) before beginning this or any other exercise routine. Thank you for the
1: disclaimer. That's right. And, I, and I'm no doctor, so.
0: Yeah, you take that with the greatest salt.
1: But, you know, I, I I have been doing the, uh, you know, trying to train and trying to do things really nice and gradual, both in in strength training um, and also with with running. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to just be really easy, take things really nicely and just mildly stress my body so I can maintain that horm- hormetic effect.
0: Which is the right. approach that I usually take too, right. part of why I'm so fascinated just, by what you've been doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so just, just go and just gradually increase. And so I did that. And I, and I, and this is—I've had this experience many occasions, and in different areas, both in weight training, both in even fasting. I used to have a hard time um, fasting for more than, say, you know, fourteen hours. Like it would just be like, I'm hungry, you know. I don't want to, you <laughs> yeah. know, what I mean? like I, I would still fast like once a month for twenty-four hours, but I just—it was hard. Right. It was just—it was still—it uh, was still hard. Yep. So in so many different areas. I, I use these exact same principles, which I'm about to share. Like, uh, can you paint me for this? I'm just kidding. I'm on the edge of my seat. I know, it feels like, <laughs> like it's mighty bigger than it is, but I'm just, you know, these are just, these are things that I've, I've applied employed, and employed, and it seems to, to
0: be effective. Well, I've noticed the same scenario that you described, which is trying to gradually increase. I'm, I'm Even if, even when I'm consistent, three, four, six days a week, I'm like, I'm not really feeling like- To get those like, gains, yeah, yeah it, and, and it's like, almost it's, it's always some hard. Some days are better than others, Yeah. And it doesn't really seem to uptick. Well, that's
1: what happened, my running, you know, it was just every day I'd go out and I'd run like, I just want to run 10 miles every day as, as an example. But, but every time I would do that, it was like, it was just hard. It always just felt hard. You know, same thing with the, you know, bench press. I was like, well, I'm going to do, you know, sets of 10 at 225, perfect form, ready to go. And, uh, and, and it was just always really hard. I just barely get it, you know, and same thing with like the fast dimensions and the other examples I could give. Then one day on each, on different occasions, I thought, you know what, Forget it. I'm just gonna go all out. So like with the fasting, I just went five days without food. You know, I just dropped. I was like, "Ah, I'm not gonna eat anything. What was the decision
0: that you made in your mind before before that?
1: Oh, I, I, I really started getting into autophagy and understanding all these benefits and things. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on this. And I and now I understood it. I understood the science and I understood how to do it. And so I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna go out of this. So you, you knew like
0: why you were fasting yes. to a much more impactful. Yeah, period.
1: on a scientific level so that I could actually apply the principles correctly and not actually hurt myself. Because I swear before when I would fast like 24 hours, my strength and my endurance, like everything would just, plummet i mean my bench press would decrease when i'm at my max by my, my best right i fast 24 hours i come back the next day like i work out friday then i fast like saturday S- sunday 24 hours monday work out or something my bench press would go down like 50 pounds and it would take me a week and a half to kind of get back up there like wow. that's I mean, it was so like you know 340 pounds and then it would be down to like 290 it would be hard for me you know what, that's, were, you, what were you doing wrong uh, with a fasting, yeah. I, I don't know that I was doing anything wrong, but my body was not fully adapted, okay. but once I changed and the same thing with the miles, the 10 miles I was doing and the same thing with the fasting. So one day I just did, the, did a five day fast and then all of a sudden I, so I'll fly, like when you fly, you get a lot of radiation damage. One of the best things to protect, protect against radiation is fasting. So I'll fly, I fly all the time to China, Japan, they present at conferences and do research over there. And so I'm on the plane and I'll just... I'm just not going to eat. And so I'll, I'll go like 40 hours with no food and I'm totally fine. Like it's no problem anymore. And even my runs like today, you know, I am eaten for like, for, for what? Like 16 hours or whatever. And then I went on that, you know, 15 mile run and then I was four more hours. And then before I ate, you know, again, I felt totally fine because I, because I just forced my body to do that five day fast. And then I tried to maintain, okay. And then I did intermittent fasting. You know, so then hours. all
0: the 24 hour fasts were much easier. So easy. So, so easy. Easy. pushing yourself once,
1: once. To, to a hard, to, to a harmful degree, but not so harmful that it's, you know,
0: detrimental, like really detrimental, right? right? So you can still recover from it. Mm-hmm. How'd you do it with your running?
1: So the running, same thing. Um, I, I just, I was kind of getting this plateau and I'm like, dude, I'm so sick of this. Like it's all in your freaking mind. Just get out there. Like when you get into the zone, like when you, that's the level you have to be at. You just... You just got to go. And I just, I said, no, I'm just going to run. And so I just start out and just ran. I was like, I'll just do 15 miles, you know? I was like, I was doing, so I was doing like 60 miles. Like, I'm just going to increase it. So I did 70, then 80, then I did 90 miles, you know? And A I week. was- yeah. I just increased it like that. And I, I was hurting. I was sore. I was worried about I was going to get injured. I was pushing myself to the limit. I was down in a bunch of hydrogen too. Cause I yeah. was like, Oh, I don't know about this. This is the stupidest thing I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I want to get back to my, to, to my high level. It's like, this is what it takes. Cause I have to be there. And then after I got to those high levels and then, then I, I, I kind of recovered a little bit. How long did you do that for? It was like three, it was a period of three weeks. I three just weeks. went, okay. you know, um, and then, and the same idea, you could just one day, just, I'm going to go run a marathon and you're gonna, you're going to get, you have to be careful you don't like rotomyelitis or something, but you could just do that. And then the example I gave you, if you went, if you t- did like a five mile run, no
0: biomechanical issues or yeah, exactly, issues right? and everything like that,
1: you yeah. take a guy do five miles, right? And it's going to be hard for him. And then, and then you have him do like a marathon, just, go do that marathon. As long as I didn't, you know, get rabbo or something like that. Even and a then, half
0: marathon in that case. Yeah.
1: Well, so he does that. They'll have him just recover for two weeks. He, that's really not enough training to like, really like induce mitochondrial biogenesis and all these cellular changes and stuff. But something happens. He comes and does that five miles, you know, two weeks after that. It's going to be like so much easier for him. Mm-hmm. So I just had noticed, I did the same thing with, 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 uh, with lifting weights, deadlift, bench press, pull-ups, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I just stressed the crap out of my body, just out of my muscles, just, 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 just tear it, you know? And like, uh, but I wanted, you had to be at that safe level. Meaning, you meaning using like negatives where you're putting on more weight than you're huge using. huge amount. Yeah, yeah. You know, same thing with the pulse. I put on, so I, I, I wanted to get my pulse. Like I want to be able to do, you know, two or three in a row, you know? And I was just always struggling arm, with one. one arm I was always, always struggling to get one arm pull up. I'm like, dude, forget this. So I put, I put the, the, uh, where you can put your legs underneath, you know? And I grabbed the thing. I had somebody help me. I put weight, a bunch of weight on that. I had a hundred and, uh, no. 220 pounds.
0: So on the lat pull-down machine? On the lat pull-down
1: was just one thing. 220 pounds on that. And I would have a guy help me pull it down, and I would just hold it with one arm as hard as I can. I'm like, oh,
0: "Come on, come ah, on!" You know? I love it. And all I right. just
1: like, I have to get over this plateau. So then, after I recover from that, all of a sudden, one arm pulls, I'd be like, "What the heck? This is like freaking easy! Like, why, why was this so hard before?" So I just had to get over that plateau. Same thing happened with running. And so if there's like this. this di- I was showing you that diagram.
0: Right. Yeah. Exp- explain the diagram as we wrap up. I know we're a yeah. little bit over time, but I'm enjoying but, it. Well,
1: just yeah, just just I, this idea that you have this this circle of comfort level. Level, right and the radius is only so high depending on your fitness level and then then the, and the greater circle around that and then you have a, a small you know radius between between that one and that one is kind of your stress your beneficial stress level. the typically that's what you train in you call it hormesis and, yeah that's your hormesis factor if you yeah, will good and before you start hurting, good harming stress. yourself then you have the harmful circle around that one and and you got to be really careful getting that you get into that with races you know you are really competing and out there then you have a bigger circle which is like death like when you start with when you cross this line, you literally are killing yourself. And you might die actually when you reach that full hundred percent of what you got, right? Right. And so I'm always in this, this this comfort circle and then I was like, I'm just in this just mild, hormetic, beneficial stress circle. But that's not making everything bigger. I've got to get everything bigger. Everything's mm-hmm. gotta get bigger. And so and so what I decided to do is like, I'm just going to push out to this harmful stress, maybe even verge into this almost death circle type thing. Right. And I did that with for all a these short different period things of time. for sure. Pray just one time, you know, and, 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 and still and,
0: listening to your body, making sure you'll be able exactly, to recover. making
1: sure I don't actually really hurt You're myself not
0: running through your knee aching. Yeah. I, I, yeah
1: if it was that, I, I don't know. Although there are stories of like people who've done that kind of stuff where they've like done an ultra marathon, they've run a hundred miles. They didn't train at all and, and just totally injured themselves. And right. then I, of course. they do it again again. And then also they're like way better. This is, there's so many stories of people doing that. They break it through the wall. They're just like, there's something psychological, something, the body, you get that in tune. When you push that level, there's something that happens. And I felt it. And I felt it when I, when I, when I go up like this and just push it to that harmful
0: level, That's break through those plateaus. Last bit, how'd you do it with your bench press?
1: Uh, so, okay. So I, this is crazy. Cause I, I might have a master in exercise sports conditioning. You've got to have good form. It's really important. You don't get injured, blah, blah, blah. We all know this. But one day, you know, I was struggling. Like I wanted to get my bench, like wait, you know, past 315. I wanted my, my max was 345. And I just, I just wanted to like get up there. How much do you weigh right now? Uh, right now, 148. So you weigh 148, your max is 345. Well, yeah, (laughs) that, that right now, my max is probably like, you know, 290 or something. You know, like I, I, have to specifically be training to, you know, to, to be hitting that. And right now I'm focused on running, but, um. But but what happened was because I go through these cycles where where you know I'll, I'll focus on weights and then I'll focus on running. I always do both of them, right? But there's always a focus, right? And I just right. kind of try to try to do this thing. To honor and, all, to honor none. <laughs> yeah. So so the, this time it came out, I was like, "Okay, hey, time to focus on weights." And I was like, "I'm going to do everything, just like really perfect. for my butts on the bench, You just perfect everything, you know? Can this powerlifting for not bodybuilding and stuff? Like I like to lift heavy. I just I just like that feeling. I just like to lift heavy. Whatever whatever I do, you know. I don't care to be really big. I just want to just, you know. Yeah. And so. Uh, but I, I got it to the point where I was doing uh, sets of 10 at 225. And I was there for, like, three months. And I just was not improving at all. And it was frustrating because before I could do, you know, 265 for sets of 10. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I just cannot get through this. And when I was so frustrated, I was like, oh, forget this, you know. And I just I just decided just to just just... Gets, you know, I was, I was bouncing. My belt was off the ground. Like I was like, ah, whatever,
0: you, you know. Threw your form today. Yeah, the I end. threw
1: my form. I was like, forget this. Like when you're wrestling, because you know I wrestled and
0: stuff. And I was like when yeah. you're, the- you were a state champ in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: was. Yeah, that was, that was back in the day. Although I did just wrestle this is high school. And it, that was a lot of fun. But anyway, um, uh, so I, I was like, I gotta just get in this. And, and
0: you I, realize in wrestling that you're very rarely in perfect yeah, in position. Yeah, in perfect should, form. Yeah. You know, you're getting thrown off balance. You need to prepare for different scenarios where the body's out of Out alive. of scenario, right? And you're is, saying, all right, if I believe that my body's resilient and this isn't going to injure me, I'm gonna test using a higher weight, even if it compromises yeah, cause my Yeah, because my body
1: was already prepared. I've been doing this for like a, a few months, if you will, like I'm very much aware of how much weight this is, you know, and so I just, so I did that for like, for like two weeks. Just you increasing your reps. Just, just making, just going faster and just pushing it all the way through and getting everything all of a sudden I just, I went up to, to two, four sets of 10 at 260 with the crappy form, but then I could go back and I could do, you know, 235. No No problem. No problem. Easy. Just nice and slow. La la la. You know? And wow. I'm like, that's so interesting, you know?
0: It's so it's,
1: it's just pushing these areas, you know? And the same thing with like really heavy eccentrics, you know, like just loading that thing up and just,
0: yeah. rah, you know, and then having your buddy rip it back up. Right. All, <laughs>
1: all these different things. You got to be or careful because you can tear it. Yeah, yeah. Or the Smith's machine. You can, you can Great tear them up and all this stuff you you've got to warm up you take various precautions and things but but if you want to be the elite level you've got to do that kind of crazy stuff and you will risk the, the you you run the risk of hurting yourself it's not the best way to stay healthy and live longer but you know there's there's just there's something about being at that elite level
0: that it, as soon as you get out of bed you run the risk of hurting yourself
1: yeah right? you do you do and i and i i enjoy being on that competitive level i mean i'm not the best athlete in anything but i try to be as well-rounded as i can and your, just, your numbers
0: are pretty impressive man and and you know your stuff, and I, I think people will really value um, some of the knowledge you shared in this podcast. I've, I've had a blast. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Thank man. you for hanging out. Yeah, no problem. Tyler LeBaron. Where can people stay in touch with? Uh, where can they <laughs> where, where can they follow the things that you're working on, and um, you know, stay stay in touch with you?
1: Well, you know, I'm not so much of a social media person. I know everyone's saying, "You, Joe, how do I follow you?" You know, I, I do have a Facebook, and everyone's welcome to add me on there. Um, I'm not so good at always getting back to messages because I get so many messages. But yeah, just Tyler LeBaron. Okay. Um, I I after talking with you I'll probably try to get more out there to get my, some of the articles we're publishing and some of the things that we're doing out there um, through social media but right now everyone's you're welcome to add me on, on, on
0: Facebook and on the book face and, what about uh, the yeah. where do you do your stuff with the Molecular Hydrogen Institute
1: um, so I'm based I'm based in Utah and then we, I, we co- I collaborate with groups all over the place so so actually like we we actually got a so I, I'm part of the Slovakia Academy of Sciences in Slovakia yeah. and we, we got a $250,000 grant to do uh, research on we're doing like, a heart transplantation of pigs. So anyways, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on, but, but I'm able to collaborate with people all nice. over the world
0: on this. So. Tyler LeBaron, it's been a pleasure, my man. We'll link to all of your uh, resources and, and social in the show notes. Awesome, Appreciate man. You, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no What's up guys, Anthony here. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the biohacking secrets show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more. The single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, Candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up, and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together.